Who ran the shoeshine stand before Andy? Answer at the end of the episode. The citizens of Pawnee. I'm heard happily, and I just realized I'm not holding my microphone. And I will call my new Italian fast casual eatery the Locale Calzone Zone. You can trust me, because I don't care enough about you to lie. Everything I do is the attitude of an award winner, because I've won an award. I made my money the old-fashioned way. I got run over by Alexis. Hello and welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian and I'll be your host. This is episode number 96, being recorded Saturday, November 11th, 2023, and today I'm going to be covering season 3, episode 11, Jerry's Painting. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. And just a reminder that this podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. So what's going on, everyone? How is your uh, week going? I guess uh, it's still pretty early on in the week if you're listening to this Tuesday. Um, Like I said, I'm recording this on Saturday the 11th. Uh, Happy Veterans Day to anyone, um, you know, anyone who has family, who has served or is serving it is uh, greatly appreciated always, and uh, again, happy Veterans Day to those who have served or are currently serving. Um, something amazing happened this morning. It was pretty sweet. I was uh, laying around like a lazy sack of shit on the couch, just, uh, I don't know, just playing on my phone, and my wife texts me, you know, and she's like, Saturday mornings are amazing when we have nothing to do, like she's laying in bed. Uh, you know, I get up so early now. I got up at 4.30 today just because, like I said, we had the the time, the, the fallback, you know, so we gained an hour last week. So now, I'm, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm waking up super early. I get up at like 4.30. I get up at that time pretty much for work anyway, and I don't have to leave till like 6.30, but, you know, like it, it does suck because I have to be super quiet, but I actually get a lot done. And surprisingly, um, I guess I'm pretty stealthy because my family doesn't wake up. But anyway, uh, this morning, Natalie, uh, or no, Joni sends me a text and she's like, Natalie wants to make you eggs. I'm like, okay. So she's never like made, I mean, she's helped before and I've seen her actually, like I've supervised her like cooking things before, but this is the first time it's like, Hey, can I cook you something? And this is, this is pretty amazing. Cause I mean, like. You've got, uh, there's, uh, there's low level things that your kids will do for you. Like, <clears throat> Hey, go get me the remote, which is, a, it's amazing. Like you, you have no idea how awesome that feature is <laughs> with your children. Um, but you're, we're going next level when all of a sudden your kids are like, Hey, can I cook for you? <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, you can cook for me. You know, I mean, like I, I worry a little bit. It's just like, all right, how's this going to turn out? But she's like making eggs and she makes eggs all the time. I don't even know if she likes eggs. I think she just likes making them, so she eats them. But anyway, so she made me an egg sandwich, and it was just a plain, you know, over-easy toasted bread, and it was awesome. Loved it. She put, like, a ton of salt on it. I mean, like, that was definitely noticeable, but it was good because I love salt, but still, like, probably too much for most people. (laughs) Uh, And then, uh, yeah, I actually had her make me another egg, and it was just a, a regular one without the bread, but fantastic job. I gotta tell you, like, if, if, if there's a reason to have kids, that's it. 
Okay. You didn't hear that here though. Girls, I did not say that. Um, was, uh, yeah, I remember a couple weeks ago, I went on a, a little rant about tipping, just how annoying it is and how I think it's just gotten completely out of hand. So we went on a family trip to the mall the other night. Yeah, the mall. <laughs> my, uh, my daughter Sadie wanted to get her friend uh, a birthday present. So she wanted to go to this place that was in the mall. And I, I was like, hell no, we're not going to the mall. Not on a Tuesday night. And it was already like six o'clock. But then Joni's like, well, why don't we just go to the mall and we'll just we'll eat there. Because we hadn't eaten dinner yet either. And uh, choosing dinner every night sucks. It's just like we hate doing it because no one ever wants to pick. And it's like, I'm, I'm like never hungry at the same time as the rest of the family is. I like eating dinner at like 9 o'clock. It's really weird. Uh, eh, not always. But anyway, so we went to the mall and we're, we're driving around looking for parking and... These sons of bitches. <laughs> and now this might be like a common thing. I don't know. I don't go to the mall very often. So anyone who does, maybe this is a new thing. Or <clears throat> um, at other, I don't know, maybe like Best Buy, bigger places like that. Is Best Buy still big? I feel like nothing's really big anymore because there's, you know, everything's online shopping. But anyway, so we're driving around looking for a parking spot. And there's like this huge, but you know, you, you always see open spots, but there's always a sign there. You know, it's like, oh, it's reserved for this store or, you know, it's reserved for just pick up, you know, pick up a quick uh, store pickup, whatever. And so we see like 15 spots open. These signs are like pay to park signs. I was, oh my God, you know, Joni and I, we were just like pissed. Like the girls, you know, like they're in the backseat. They have no idea what we're so upset about. And it's just like, it has gotten so ridiculous. I mean, like when the hell did malls ever do that? I mean, I could see it if you're at like, if you're at like a sporting event, like a, you know, like an, an actual professional team, you know, you're paying more money for better parking, whatever, or like a concert or something like that. Anything that's at like an actual venue, but like the mall Seriously, like, fuck off. Like, ugh, God, what a waste. All right, so then I had one other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, something that happened uh, last Monday, actually. I, uh, you know, after the weekend, whatever, I, I hadn't used my car uh, at all, actually. Uh, usually I'll, I'll use uh, Joni's car when uh, on the weekends or whatnot if she's not just, because it's a newer car, it's nice or whatever. Um, so I didn't use mine all weekend. So Monday morning... I'm going out, getting ready to leave for work. I open the door, start the car, or actually I try to start the car, nothing happens. It's like, oh shit. You know, and I have a push start. So with the push starts, you have to have uh, the, the brake uh, in, in locked or unlocked or whatever, like engaged, and then you have to push the button. So a lot of times if I'm not getting into the car yet, like if I'm just starting it, you know, and then going back into the house, I'll just kind of lean in and hold it down with my hand and then just press the button. So I go to do that and nothing happens. Like, first of all, actually, the the, the brake is like, it, it feels like it's locked. Like, I'm like pushing on it and it's like, what the hell? Like, it won't even, because usually when the key comes in, it like unlocks it. You know, like the, the sensor, it knows it's okay or whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, it wouldn't start. So I'm pressing the, the, the red start button. Nothing, nothing. It's like, shit. So the battery's dead. I'm thinking the battery's dead. It's got to be the battery. Besides that, though, there is just an un godly awful smell just in the car i have no fucking idea what the hell this is it's like i can't even figure out like i'm trying to like put together what the smell could be so first 
I got like almost like a gas smell, but like a natural gas smell. So it was really weird because like that kind of smell doesn't come from a car or at least at least to my knowledge. So I'm thinking it's like, okay, did some, like the, the, the fact that the battery's not working, did that have to do with this? Like, is there, <clears throat> is there like a ruptured, uh, did something like a, a line break or something, or is there a tear? Is there like gas leaking into my car or some kind of Freon or something? I have no idea. Again, I'm terrible with cars. So, uh, yeah, so I'm I, I, like, the, the smell is just overpowering. So I go back in, I tell Joni, it's like, yeah, the car's not starting. So I call into work and, uh, the plan is it's like, all right, I'm just going to take her to work. I'm going to use her car and then I'm going to go, you know, buy a battery tester because the, the, the battery actually, no joke, uh, we put it in about three months ago. So it's, it's a, it's a new battery and I knew that. So it was kind of like scaring me, like what the hell's wrong with the car? So I drive her to work, and then I take Natalie to school. Then I go to Menards, and uh, props to the dude who helped me out. I have no idea what his name was, but like I'm 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 in the the auto section, and I just need a battery tester. So the, the, this guy just happens to be walking by, and I'm like, hey, uh, can you tell me uh, which one of these I just need to test my car battery? So he's like, yeah, he's like, this is a good one. It was like thirty-seven bucks or something. Like I was prepared to buy it because I don't have one, and it's like you know it's. Uh, it's something I could use now, <laughs> not knowing this. And then, um, but he's like, or if you're just using it like for today, you can buy this one. And he points to this other one that's like six ninety nine. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, dude, thank you. So he saved me like thirty bucks because I think he was saying it's like if you're like a mechanic or whatever, if you need it, you know, for your station, then buy this more expensive one. But if you're literally just testing your battery right now, buy the cheap one. So yeah, save me thirty bucks. So props to that guy. But anyway. Uh, so I got that. I go back home and I, you know, I connect the the two cars. So um, I jump, you know, I jump the the Honda. That's that's mine. That's the one that was uh, that where the battery wasn't working. So let it go for about five minutes or so. I started it up. It worked. So it's like all right, cool. But like then the smell is like still like I, I, again like when I said before like a natural gas smell. Now there was like a urine type smell and like just like death like it, it smelt terrible so anyway i've got the heat blasting though because it's cold out <clears throat> not knowing yet where the smell is coming from spoiler it is coming from the vents so i'm just like what the hell anyway the car started though so i'm excited about that i let it run for about 10 minutes or so disconnect everything i check the battery the battery says that it's a-okay you know, it's a super positive charge. It's all the way at the top. I'm like, great. Okay, I figured that was it. So that was the biggest concern. But it's like, all right, now what is the smell? Where is the smell coming from? So, like, over the weekend at some point, I had the windows open. Just because I was airing it out because it was nice, whatever. And, like, I don't know, just, like, airing the car out. And so I'm thinking maybe, like, a bird shit in the car. Or, like, literally, like, a squirrel jumped in and, like, pissed on the back seat or something. I mean, like, it was just, like... And uh, so, of course, I had to take my daughters to, uh, where did I have to take? I don't remember, but they were in the car for a second and they're both, they immediately, they get in and I'm hoping that it's just like, oh, maybe they won't notice. They get in and they're both just like, oh my God, you know, they start like overreacting, but I mean, they're, they're right. I mean, it is disgusting. Like, it's like, why, what the fuck? Like, what is this smell? They didn't say that, but I'm embarrassed now at this point because it's like, I don't know what this smell is. And it's like, I, I feel bad that I have to take my daughters because like Joni wasn't home yet. So then when we're all in the car, and I think this is when we were going to the mall, 
the girls mention to Joni how bad my car smells. And she's like, she turns around and she's just like, what do you, or I, I forgot what we were doing, but she like looked over at me and she's just like, why does your car smell? She was like, like giving me shit, you know? And I'm like, I was, it was one of those things I talked about this like a while back. I know I talked about it where when your kids say things, like they're not trying to get you in trouble. They just don't know any better. And they just happen to say the wrong things. And you're just like, shut up. Like, what do you, so this was one of those times with them. I was just like, I don't feel like hearing about this. Like, I'll deal with it and I'll deal with it. Like, I, I just have like a really slow way of dealing with things. But it's like, I will take care of the car smell. No one else is ever in the car. That's not true, obviously, because I had to take the girls and they're, you know, in the car for whatever reason. But it's like, yeah, I'll take care of it. So then now she knows and she's just like, well, so she kind of, she's kind of giving me shit now. And she's like, well, what does it like smell like? You know, just kind of laughing at me. Cause like, why haven't you gotten this taken care of? Mind you, it's only been like a day, but it's still like, eh, it's been gross. So finally I'm determined to figure out what the hell is, uh, this smell is. So I get home from work, uh, pop the hood, you know, I'm looking around, and I was in there earlier, like I told you, like the day before, because I was checking the battery. I didn't notice anything. I didn't hear anything, you know, because if there was something inside, you know, it probably would have stirred, like if I, you know, was making all this noise. So I got a flashlight, and then finally I noticed, like kind of underneath the battery area, there's a bunch of, like, fluff. Like, not cotton, but like, I don't know, it, it looks, it's hard to explain what it was, but it was just, uh, we'll just say cotton for, for whatever, for, for sake. And so I'm pulling this stuff out, and I mean, it was hard to get to, and that's the problem when anything, so obviously so I knew something was nesting inside the car, because they brought that, all that shit in. Props to whatever brought it in, too. Uh, spoiler, I'll tell you whatever it was real soon, but... I'm pulling this stuff out. I mean, I'm seriously like about 20, 30 minutes. That's how much time I spent like just pulling this stuff out. I've wanted to do, I've seen the guys like, like when I go to um, uh, Jiffy Lube, I think it is. Is it Jiffy Lube? Where they do the, maybe it's not. I think it's Valvoline actually. They do the the oil changes for you while you just like wait in the car. It's pretty sweet. But uh, the guy, uh, he checked, he checked it for me, the, the, the filter like a month or two ago. So I was like, oh, I didn't know it was that easy to do. So I dropped the thing down. Uh, I pulled out the, the filter and it was like, so I remember when the guy showed it to me a couple months ago, it was, it was like a little dusty, you know? And even he told me, he's like, all right, it's not too bad. I could replace it if you want, but you could probably get like another, you know, however many months out of it. So I was like, yeah, it's fine. Just leave it. So I saw it and it was, again, it was a little dusty, but not bad. Now it was like, black brown yellow like it was disgusting took a whiff of it and it's like okay that's what it is like this was just like urine some like all sorts of disgusting fucking excrement so then underneath it there's and i don't even know what the sec the section's called but it was like a little like bucket almost and i could see actually when i pulled the filter out there was more of this like cotton stuff uh, you know, the stuff that I found inside the engine. This was in a different spot, but it was the same stuff. So whatever the hell this thing was, did a great job. I mean, it's like when you think about how determined like a bird has to be to make a nest, how many trips it makes when it's just literally got like one twisty tie, comes back down for one branch. Because that's, man, that is determination. And then they have to like carry mud and shit too. But so... I'm pulling more of this stuff out, and then as I'm pulling and pulling and pulling, I feel something solid. Not big, 
but I feel something and I, I get so, I'm like a total like, <laughs> kind of person like when it comes to like spiders and like small rodents and stuff because like when I felt this thing I just uh, pulled my hand out and like got freaked out it was a mouse it was dead I mean but I'm still like I always have that feeling that like the 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 thing's gonna like be reanimated like a zombie and it's or it's gonna have its one last like bah! you know <laughs> and it's gonna bite me and I'm gonna get rabies and uh so anyway uh, yeah, I'm pulling the stuff out, and then finally I, I, I dig in there, and I'm like, Ugh! like, literally, that's how I'm doing it, I know, I sound like such a wimp, but I pulled the thing out by its tail, and, you know, it, I could see it was dead, and then I just kind of, like, chucked it into the grass. I did pick it up later, and I, you know, wrapped it up and threw it out, but I, it was just so disgusting, and it's like, what, what an awful way to die. Like, I, I'm sorry, like, I don't mean to be, like, dark or anything like that, but, I mean, just, the like, you, you imagine this this little guy, like, hey, he's, like, found this, like, wonderful place to make his new nest, and then all of a sudden, pfft, he's just, like, fried. Oh, God, I hope it was a quick death. I hope it was a quick death. But, yeah, that's how um, my, my week started on Monday, so that was, like, and it was, actually, that went from Monday to Wednesday, <laughs> so uh, it was kind of a nice three-day story, but... Yeah, it's one of those things where you're always like, ha, that sucks, because uh, before we got our new car, uh, well, Joni had a different car, and that one was a little bit older, and we noticed there was, like, there was never a smell like this, but something did burrow into her car because it came up through the glove box, so if you ever, check your glove boxes, actually, this is a tip for everyone throughout the winter, if you're in a cold weather state, because apparently they like hiding up there, like maybe behind the cabin filter. Figure out how to drop down your uh, glove box and check behind there. So that's your tip from your friend Bry Guy. So um, anyway, um, you know, I, I guess I will do some really quick filler. Everything he's saying is nonsense and he's fooling them. All right, so I just got a couple MCU things to talk about here. Uh, there will be some light spoilers. Um, I'm going to, I mean... I'm not going to tell you exactly what happened, but kind of just how things ended uh, with Loki season two, that is. Um, I found that by like episode three or four, maybe even earlier than that. And I did notice this a little bit in season one, but like I found it unbearable this season. I just I, I finally in like I said, I, th I think it was episode four. I just, I finally turned it off and I just went to um, New Rockstars or Screen Crush, one of those two. Those are great for watching like uh, like the comic book breakdowns if you're uh, interested on YouTube. But I, I was just like, you know what, I, I can't deal with this. There were so many things about that show that pissed me off. And most of it is these actors. Owen Wilson, I know he is like famous for, maybe notorious, I don't know, for having the low like talking, like... He always, like, whispers when he talks. Wow. Yeah. Like that guy. And it's it's so... I mean, like, I guess when it's just him, maybe it's because he's, like... I don't know. He's usually paired with, like, loud people. But then you have Tom Hiddleston, who he talks like this always. He's got, like, this sense of urgency, but he just can't get above, like, a whisper. It's so fucking irritating. And I there there's other characters on the show. The the woman, she's like Hunter B fifteen or whatever. She shows no emotion whatsoever. Like it's always just like, Hey, Loki, how are you? Great. 
we're gonna have to kill you now, and I'm sorry about that. And then, like, the the, the whoever, the Ravona Renslayer, she sucks, too. I mean, like, they all do. And it's like, uh, Jonathan Majors as He Who Remains. In the final episode, um, the show is, uh, this episode, or the season is over, and I believe this the show is, too. I think it was just these two seasons. But Jonathan Majors, I loved him as He Who Remains. Uh, as Victor Timely, I thought he... It was just an annoying character, and I did not enjoy it at all. Um, however, I don't think he is going to be part of the MCU anymore. Obviously, he's got some legal stuff going on. I'm not going to talk about that. But I am just going to say that I enjoyed his portrayal of He Who Remains, who was like, I guess, kind of the big bad at the end. But he was just, he played that character, like, kind of fun. And I don't think a lot of people were expecting it to be the way it was. But it just, yeah, I thought he was great. And then... Because he did it at the end of season one, he was in there, and then, yeah, for the finale for season two, he was in here. Spoiler again, sorry. Um, but I am just going to say, the way that the show ended, there was some... Alright, let me go. Let me go, let me go. The final episode for season two, I did enjoy. But I just, where it ended... I guess, <clears throat> I didn't think was very good. And it just kind of made me think that the entire series was pointless. Like, yeah, just what happens in the end, <clears throat> you're just kind of like, what was the point of, wait, why did they do this? And, you know, all these all these things, I don't know. But, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't recommend this show. It was supposed to have such huge implications at the, the end of season one about the multiverse and everything. And it's like, well, I don't think they're doing that. And I think they also, like I said before, they kind of, you know, basically found a way to write Jonathan Majors out of the show so they don't have to keep using him anymore. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was the Marvels, uh, the new uh, MCU movie that just dropped. This is the one that's about uh, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, uh, Photon, which... I don't even remember if they call her it that. It's, this movie's like very forgettable. Um, and then Kamala Khan. I did. I saw it like yesterday, so I'm gonna try to remember. Uh, I, I won't spoil anything. I'm just gonna say that it, it just really is a bummer. Like what what has happened to Marvel? I mean, like they just they really. I don't. I, I'm I'm happy that they're still going with this stuff because I, I'm still excited to see these characters, but they just. Everything they're doing, I mean, like, you just, you, you, one in, like, every four now is, like, good, and it's, it's a shame, and that includes, like, the TV shows, because, I, I, like, for instance, uh, Kamala Khan, that character, she's, like, cute, she's adorable, like, you, you, she's funny, but her show, uh, Miss Marvel, I think it's the lowest rated one, and, I mean, that, that doesn't matter, I, I watched it, it just wasn't, it's something, like, they're, I know this stuff is all like they're, they they want to get this stuff out to everyone in this one. You know, it's for MCU fans, but also like a younger crowd too. But you're starting to just really, the story is just getting too big for the MCU if you're trying to have all of this connected. And this movie, while it was very self-contained, 
And as I was watching it, like the stakes did never, they never really seemed that high, except like, and here's a spoiler, sorry, like you could skip through uh, a quick one. Like with like 15 to 20 minutes left, all of a sudden it's like, oh, she's trying to steal the sun. It's like, fuck, what? What the fuck? Um, the villain in this movie is just, she sucks. She's just so like, I don't know. I mean, like they, they give a backstory and it's like, because I, I, I don't know, I won't spoil it, but. I, I still have hope. Like I said, I always do. I mean, like, I'm, I'm a Marvel enthusiast. Um, uh, I do think, though, you know, I, I don't love <clears throat> all the DC stuff, but I do kind of like the direction they're going in. And James Gunn, now that he's running that, this is kind of a really good time for him to be taking over since Marvel is kind of tanking. Like, Marvel's still going to make their money. Like, I actually, I'm really curious to see how much money this movie, The Marvels, is going to make. And also, one thing that was shocking to me is that this movie's like an hour and 40 minutes. Like, that's insane for a Marvel movie. The, the shortest one... Uh, well, actually, like, Werewolf by Night, I think, was was about an hour. Which, by the way, check that out. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned that last week. Check that out in color. It's awesome. It, it, or in black and white, either way. But, like, in color, I thought I, I had a lot more fun watching it because you could see the blood and everything. It was it's pretty dope. Um, but the Marvels, again, if you're an MCU fan, uh, watch it. Well, wait, till it wait till it comes on Disney. Um, not going to talk about the, uh, the end credit stuff. Uh, I'm not going to spoil that, but, um, yeah. So let's talk about season three, episode 11, Jerry's painting directed by Dean Holland, written by Norm Hiscock. All right. For the cold open, we get a great physical joke to start off the episode. This is one of my favorites. Literally among like all the, the, the physical comedy in the show, Ben is in his office and he's just like standing there like and it's really quiet and Leslie comes sneaking up from behind him and she's like, hey Ben, and he just, the way he reacts, he hits his head and it's one of those things where like it looks like it hurts so much, but it was so quick, like, and he turns around and Leslie's there and she's like, oh my God, like, but it just, <clears throat> it's so perfect for Ben's character because he's always like, uh, seemingly like always on edge about something. So... Uh, she comes in and she tells him that there's going to be an art gala that's happening uh, that night and that these two, like, these two are like hardcore flirting at this point, you know, she's like, so yeah, there's the gala and he's like, oh yeah, cool, cool, maybe, maybe I'll go, you know, like, so, whatever. Uh, so then uh, Chris enters the room with great news for Ben. This is actually a really funny part too, so... He ran into a woman named Cindy Miller. Uh, she also works in City Hall, but she's in a different department. Uh, different department. And Chris asked her out for Ben. So, you know, and it's just like a hilarious scene because Leslie's standing right there. And he's like, oh, remember Cindy Miller? He's like, she's that, that woman that you thought was so attractive. And Leslie is like, kind of, you can tell, like a little jealous, but also like she's thinks it's funny. Like she makes a perfect face and she looks at Ben kind of like, yeah, Ben, tell us about Cindy Miller. Who's Cindy Miller, you know? So it's really awkward for Ben, but it is hilarious. So, um, yeah, Chris is just like, he, he keeps pushing this and Leslie's like, well, wait a minute though. Like I, I, I thought people in city hall aren't allowed to date each other. And he's like, oh no, no, she's in a different department. This is nothing like your affair with Tom Haverford. So I said last week that, yeah, he was going to mention this a couple more times. He, he will again in the episode, uh, the, the trial of Leslie Nope in season four, but it's, it's just so funny how Chris, like he really thinks that Leslie and Tom were actually having an affair. 
So <clears throat> he then calls Cindy Miller. He actually just like puts it on speaker and makes a call. And even Chris is, or uh, Ben's just like, who are you calling? And he's like, Cindy Miller. And he just like kind of makes Ben start talking to her. And it's just very awkward. Uh, but Rob Lowe just does, he's so good when he does this. Because Ben, you know, he just, he doesn't know what to do. Like he obviously, he has, he, Leslie's right next to him. And this is the woman that he actually like likes a lot. Like maybe even loves at this point. And it's like, Oh my God, like how worse, like the couldn't, the timing couldn't have been any worse for this to happen, but he's not saying anything. Cindy Miller's not saying anything. And then Chris just does this motion with his hands where he's like telling Ben to start talking. So then, but yeah, and it's just, oh, it was so good. All right. So, uh, we start off the episode in Leslie's office where she complains to Anne about how hard it is being about around Ben, but not being able to date him. Uh, and Anne tries to like prescribe, uh, Leslie some meds to help out her mood. Uh, so we're out in the courtyard now where Ben approaches Tom and asks if he knows anyone who needs a roommate. So this is, again, this is, maybe this is a better episode than I, I give it credit for, but one of my favorite Tom lines where Ben comes in and he's just like, hey, do you know that anyone that needs a roommate? And Tom's just like, how hot? And Ben's just like, what are you talking about? He's like, how hot is the girl that needs a roommate? You know, and Ben's like, the hell are you talking about? He's like, I need a roommate. You know, and Tom's like, what the hell, man? Why did you start off by tricking me and saying that a hot girl needed a roommate? He's like, I never said anything like that. But I just love that that's how Tom's mind thinks. Like, literally, he thinks Ben is like like shipping this woman off to you. You know, it's just like, how hot is she? It's like, oh yeah, I definitely know hot women that are looking to, to find roommates. But yeah, it's just a really good, good part. Um, but yeah, he tells Tom that he's looking for a roommate and he just talks, you know, but Tom's like, I'm sorry, man. I just don't have like room. He, and he, you know, he doesn't, he's got like a one bedroom apartment and then he talks, starts getting gross about when the girls are over and how awkward it would be. And Ben makes him stop. So Ben tells us that the the hotel that he's been staying at, it's like the temperature changes all the time. It's like hot, then cold, and sometimes it's like freezingly hot. Like I, he says something weird like that. It's it's pretty funny. And then he talks about how there's bed bugs now. Uh, so Tom has an idea, and he's like, "Well, I know a couple people that you can stay with, April and Andy." So we go over to the shoe shine stand. Andy is thrilled about a new roommate, but April has some strict rules. You can't use the front door. You have to climb in through the back window. No personal phone conversations. If you ever speak to me in Spanish, please use the formal usted. And no electricity after 6 p.m. She's <laughs> joking. Okay. You can use as much free electricity as you want. It's free. <laughs> Couple more rules. If you ever watch a sad movie, you have to wear mascara so we can see whether or not you've been crying. There's no noise a lot on Mondays. And no TV after breakfast. Again, because it's hard to tell. No, we leave the TV on all day long, so burglars think that we're home when we're not, which is my idea uh, that I'm trying to patent. So, you want to move in tonight? Right after Ben agrees, April spits her gum into Andy's mouth, already making it like Ben just kind of like, oh shit, what did I just agree to? So now we're over at the rec center for the art show. Uh, sorry to play back-to-back -back clips, but this speech is just too good not to play. So this is after Leslie begs Ron to speak, uh, saying that she's not in the mood. He's like, no, I'm not in the mood either, but um, he does, and it's wonderful. Okay, everyone, shut up and look at me. Welcome to Visions of Nature. This room has several paintings in it. Some are big, some are small. People did them, and they are here now. 
I believe that after this is over, they'll be hung in government buildings. Why the government is involved in an art show is beyond me. I also think it's pointless for a human to paint scenes of nature when they could just go outside and stand in it. Anyway, please do not misinterpret the fact that I am talking right now as genuine interest in art and attempt to discuss it with me further. End of speech. <laughs> it's so awesome. Everyone, shut up! Uh, but uh, So we cut over to April and Andy's house. They're giving their new roommate, Ben, a tour. He is disgusted at how messy and gross the house is. Uh, we find out, too, that Burley has finally moved out. He's, like, apparently... Uh, he moved in with his girlfriend, and he did all the cleaning. Uh, that's why Ben talks about how he was there like three weeks ago for their wedding, and he's like, how did the house get this disgusting? And they're like, well, yeah, Burley moved out, so that's why uh, no one cleans anymore, because April and Andy both think keep thinking that the other one's going to clean up, and of course, that never happens. So, uh, <laughs> Ben's walking around, and he notices, I love this, he notices some marbles in a frying pan, and he asks them, he's just like, are you guys frying marbles? And April tells him that they were testing the fire alarm by frying marbles. And she's like, also, the alarm doesn't work. <laughs> so good. Uh, back to the art show. We see Oren, uh, April's best friend. He's standing in front of a giant white canvas that is just completely blank. It's so good. It's just like a huge canvas. And, you know, Ron looks so he's just like, you forgot to paint a painting, son. And, of course, Oren. And it looks great, too, because, like, the wall behind, everything is white, but Oren is, of course, cloaked in black, and he's got, like, his eye makeup on and everything, so it just looks really cool with all the white, but yeah, Ron's just like, you didn't paint anything, and of course, Oren doesn't even react. So then we see Jerry telling everyone about his painting, which is one of his favorite Greek myths, the centaur goddess Diaphina slaying the great stag. Uh, so we can't see the painting yet, we can only see Tom and Anne's reactions, which are like a mixture of confusion, horror, uh, maybe like some humor as well. Like they're just kind of like, but, but it looks like they're just like, what the hell are we looking at? Just then, Leslie comes over to see the painting and is shocked to see that Jerry has painted Leslie as the goddess Diaphina, only she's a topless centaur. So, he made this incredible painting, and it is, again, it's the goddess Diaphina, or at least what he thought, and he tells her, he's like, I'm so sorry, because like, everyone's like, whoa, Leslie, you gotta check this out, because this woman looks identical to Leslie. And she's like, is that me? And he's like, no, of course that's not you. And he like laughs a little bit. And then he takes a closer look and he's like, oh my God. He's like, that is you. Like he literally painted this and he tells her he subconsciously thought of just like strong, powerful women and Leslie Nope like came to mind. And he started like imagining her when he was thinking of this beautiful warrior that was like gonna, you know, slay this deer and it's just, it's such an awesome part. Like, it's a great shout out. Of course, he gets no credit for it. Like, she never, like, thanks him for saying that or anything. But it's an, it's this awesome picture. So, uh, Tom has a great line, though, because he's, of course, everyone else is, like, they're, they're just, like, odd. Like, just, like, jaws drop, just, like, wow. Like, Jerry just painted, like, a topless picture uh, of Leslie, and it's, like, on display here. Except Leslie, you know, she loves this thing, but Tom has this great line where he's just like, he's laughing his ass off, and he's like, oh my god, he's like, this is what you see at night, Jerry, topless Leslie glued to a horse, and just like keeps laughing, you know, and that's like I said, Jerry apologizes to Leslie, but she, uh, you know, he tells her, he's like, I'll take it down immediately, but Leslie loves it and says, leave it up. 
Uh, but then they notice there's a fat little cherub baby who looks exactly like Tom. So up in the other corner, yeah, there is a little fat baby with like little angel wings like you think of um, the Cupid. And it looks exactly like Tom. Like it is Tom. And I like to think that while he subconsciously thought of Leslie as this powerful uh, Greek warrior... He's not saying that he was saying like, oh, cherubs are gross or anything, but like this little fat baby in his head, he decided to draw Tom's face on this. And again, he's like, no, I didn't do that either. He didn't mean to do it, but he it's literally, it's Leslie and Tom on these two things. And it's so awesome. Uh, it's such a cool painting though. It's a, this is, I would love to have this thing. So the next day, Tom comes in and there's a maintenance guy fixing a light uh, in Leslie's or him in Leslie's office. And the only reason actually that I mentioned this guy is because he is the one who will spot Leslie and Ben kissing in a few episodes at Little, Little Sebastian's Memorial and then testify in season four in the episode, The Trial of Leslie Nope. I forgot his name. I think it's like something Gernway or something. Eh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, because uh, they, they showed earlier in the episode that the light was just kind of flickering in Leslie's office. And so now she just, she basically, she's feeling very empowered because of this painting that Jerry made. And she just stormed into the guy in the maintenance like office or whatever and just told them like, you're going to fix this light. And so the guy was like, fine, you know, so he came in and he just, he fixed the light. It's pretty cool. So meanwhile, still in like the kind of like the common area, I guess, of the, the parks department, Tom is still like whining about the painting and like no one really cares. So Leslie gets called into Chris's office for a sit down with ugh, Marsha Langman. Who else? Uh, remember, she represents the Pawnee Society for Family Stability Foundation. And she's like the, the awful one that was like against the gay penguin marriage and all this stuff. So she's a great character. But yeah, she sucks. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, go figure, she is 100% against the painting, calling it government-funded animal porn. So Marsha wants the painting to be destroyed, and Chris says that they're going to do whatever they can to come to a solution. However, it doesn't seem like Marsha's, like, just like trying to make a point. Like, oh, I want it destroyed. Like, she literally wants it, like, burned. So Leslie is pissed off about this, and even Chris isn't offended by it. This is a great line. He's like... Or Leslie asks him, she's like, come on, Chris. I mean, like, you're not offended by this, are you? And he's like, no, of course not. I'm not offended by this. I love nudity. I even started an all-nude production of Cats. Like, the way he said, you gotta watch the way he says Cats. <laughs> an all-nude production of Cats. It's so funny. Like, he, uh, uh, it's, it's wonderful. But he does realize, though, that it's inappropriate for a government building. Uh, we, uh, we go over to April and Andy and Ben's house now. Ben is coming out of his room for like the first time for the day and he's having second thoughts about living here as he sees how lazy and gross April and Andy are. Uh, when he wakes up, the two of them are eating turkey chili off of Frisbees because Burley, when he moved out, he took all of the dishes and everything. Uh, also, they're sharing a fork, which is just so disgusting to me. Like the spitting the gum in the mouth is one thing, but like sharing a, f I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like it is. It's just, no, it's gross. It's, it's just disgusting. And they're just like handing it back and forth. So uh, Ben can't take any more of this insanity, though. So he tells them that he's going to teach them how to be adults. Next up, we get our favorite Pawnee newscaster, Perd Happley, who's got Leslie on his show. The question at hand is whether Jerry's painting is art or pornography. I love just like, that's how Pawnee is. It's just like, a topless woman in a painting is being compared to pornography. Uh, Leslie argues that it is a wonderful painting. Pert is not so sure, though. But this is where the controversy of this story gets even more controversial. 
you are the subject of this painting, half woman, half horse, with what some would say are human breasts. I am not the subject. The subject is strong and empowered women everywhere. But it, it does look a little bit like me. Leslie, for our viewers at home who might not know, are centaurs real? No. You're absolutely sure? <laughs> it's what like this it's such a great purr line just the way that he's just like what some might say are human breasts like it's very clearly human breasts because like first of all the top part the, the, the top part of the centaur is human but i mean like what else is part like looking at that he's like i mean they look like human breasts it's like they are dude <laughs> so it's just so great i, I love purr happily um, but then Perd brings out another guest, and actually he doesn't even bring her out, because Leslie all of a sudden looks over, and sitting next to her is Brandy Max, one of my favorite side characters. She's actually not in as many episodes as I thought she was. Like, I thought she was in, like, 10 to 15 episodes, but she's actually only in, like, 5 or 6 but um, played by the actress Mara Marini. Um, like I said, she'll appear in a handful of episodes. She's Pawnee's resident porn star with a, heart of, <clears throat> with a heart of gold. She is a wonderful character just because she envies Leslie. She loves her. Like the way that Leslie envies Joan Calamezzo in a weird way, or I guess any of Leslie's heroes. Brandy Max, like, it seems like she really respects Leslie because she always, it's, it's, she has a funny way of always, like, not even just in this episode, she always uses lines like, well, what Leslie and I do, you know, it'll be like right after they're talking about pornography, you know, so it's just so funny that Leslie just happens to get mixed up. And most of the time she doesn't know when Brandy Max is going to be there. But another great thing is that it's like she starred in over 200 films in just the last year alone. <laughs> and, uh, it's it's just it's so funny. So right after Leslie gives us a good quote about how pornography is difficult to define, <laughs> Brandy gives us her definition of uh, pornography, which is pretty simple. It's when the penis goes in. <laughs> so there's just a hilarious reaction as Pert and Leslie literally they're silent for like five seconds and then the scene just ends. <laughs> like I, the camera just keeps rolling on them. It's like it's when the penis goes in. And they just, they have no, like, they don't know how to react to that. It's like, okay, yeah, you literally told us what pornography is. Uh, back to April, Andy, and Ben. We learned that they've been using bubble bath to do their laundry for, I don't know how their house hasn't, like, like, literally, I mean, like, if you put detergent, like, bubble bath in the, I've learned this before, like, when I was younger. <laughs> you put too much of it in, and that stuff will start to bu bubble, and it'll overflow, and... It'll become a big mess. I mean, it's not going to, like, destroy your home. But luckily, these two haven't been using much. But, yeah, they're using bubble bath to do their laundry. Like, literally, Mr. Bubbles. Uh, we find out that they store their mail in the freezer. And actually, you know, Andy's like, so we don't lose it. And it's like, well, I guess you're right. But a filing cabinet would be fine as well. Also, we find out that they don't pay bills. Like, and they don't know how to pay bills. So Ben has a new objective. He is going to teach them how to balance a checkbook. Which is so funny to me, him saying that, because remember, like, when people still did that? Like, when you had to, like, pull out your checkbook, and it's like, oh. Uh, so to, to anyone who has no idea, to the younger folks, yeah, people would carry a little book, and it's like, all right, I went to the ATM, and I, I took out 20, or no, no, not, well, the ATM would keep track of that, but more people who didn't really use ATMs or, like, credit cards, 
it's like, all right, I just used 500 bucks cash or I took out $500. So you would deduct that. You would do it by hand and you would always keep notes on how much money you had in your bank account. It was crazy. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, Ben tells them that he's also going to teach them how to open a bank account. Over to Chris's office, he scolds Leslie and Jerry for the painting. More so Leslie, though, because she went on Purge show. I love that, like, Jerry is the one who made this painting. But Leslie tells him, like, numerous times throughout the episode, Jerry, this has nothing to do with you. So, <clears throat> apparently Brandy offered Leslie a role in her next film, which was hilarious. We didn't see that, but Chris is just like, yeah, because Leslie's like, listen, I, I didn't know that, that Brandy was going to offer me a role in her next film. And Chris is just like, I advise you not to take that. I just love that he has to, to, to tell her. It's like, I, I wouldn't take that if I were you. Uh, Chris says that he has set up a hearing with the Public Arts Commission and that they will decide whether the painting is inappropriate. So... He tried making a decision, but Leslie's just kind of going like rogue with this. And he even says he's like, you've been like a, a bit, you've been a bit predict unpredictable lately. Sorry. Wow. Trouble spitting that out. So now we're at the hearing and Tom gets up and he argues in favor of destroying it, obviously because he's the fat baby in the painting. And I love that because Tom actually gets up like he's like trying to make a case for this. So he's like walking in front of it, in front of this art commission. There's like four or five people. And I love how like insignificant this is like I'm, I'm no offense to any like artists or anything but they, there's a, a a sign you know and it's just like it's got the the letters you know you can open it up and it's like for anything it's basically it's like almost a little stand like a marquee telling you it's like what this room is and it's like today uh in room 506 or whatever and then there's like a piece of paper taped on that says arts commission you know and it's so clearly like they they no one wanted to make it fancy and actually put letters there for that but yeah so tom is uh he's he's up there just like kind of bitching and whining about that and then it's just funny that one of the guys like uh, the guy like in charge is like let the record show that the fat baby is talking about the painting so it was really and tom's just like mm, but it's like they all start laughing because like they know that he's obviously the guy that's just like oh, i want to get rid of this stupid painting because of this so Leslie gives an impassioned speech about the history of art and how some people, like Marsha, want to demonize the painting and art itself. So she's she already comes into this thinking that this is like a layup. She's like, it's the art commission. Like, yeah, they're like, they're really gonna they're really gonna make me uh, destroy this amazing painting. So uh, Leslie, yeah, she already feels like she easily won this argument. But then the commission gives their verdict destroy the painting and Leslie's just like wait a minute what are you talking about this painting's great and he's just like yeah but it's got nipples on it back to April Andy and Ben Ben gives them a list of errands and things that human adults need he also gives them an advance for next month rent and says uh, for them to go to Bed Bath and Beyond and to buy everything on the list I still don't understand like how this will work because he's like I'm giving you an advance on next month's rent go buy all this stuff so we're guessing there's like hundreds of dollars of stuff they need to buy Aren't they still going to be short that money for rent, you know, next month at least? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I understand what Ben's doing. It's more so just like, here, I confront you the money for this. But it's like, here, this is next month rent. It's like, well, we're going to need that for next month's rent, you know? But anyway, um, also, we find out that Ben is going to go on a date with that woman, Cindy Miller, because um, they're like, why don't you just go do the shopping? And he's like, no, you guys got to do it. Also, I'm going to go on a date. So it's really funny, actually, when he's like, oh, I got a date tonight. April's just like, ooh, what's his name? <laughs> you know, and he's just like, eh, eh. but uh, he tells us it's uh, yeah, Cindy Miller. So I, I think I forgot about that. Actually, like when I watch this right now, it's just like, oh, I forgot that he actually went on a date with her. 
Uh, we're back to the art commission hearing. Leslie asks Marsha if she can keep the painting. So this is after Marsha has already won the thing. And Leslie's like, come on. She's like, you made your point. Like, I understand it. We're not going to hang this anywhere. Can I just keep the painting and bring it home? And Mar Marsha's like, <clears throat> she's basically like, fuck you, dude. Like, no, you're not getting to keep this. Like, you're not keeping this painting. Like, Marsha does not like Leslie Nope. I mean, we know that, like, again, there's the penguin thing. And she's been in a couple other episodes. She's always, <clears throat> oh, the time capsule, ep time capsule episode. She's like, oh, no, Christian's, or she only, ah, I don't know. But, yeah, she's just a pain in the ass. So, yeah, Leslie, it's it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it, it seems to me like the government would be like, yeah, fine, just take the fucking painting. We don't care. You just don't, it just, it doesn't make sense to me that it's gone this out of control for something that was just hanging at an art exhibit. Again, I don't know how these things work, but Leslie's just like, yeah, okay, like, because uh, Marsha's going to bring her car around and Leslie's going to put it in. This is a huge painting, too, though. It's like five foot by, like, six or maybe, like, four foot by six foot. But Leslie's like, no, and she runs off with it. And Marsha's like, ah, oh, come back here, da, 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 da. So, um, yeah, we see that Leslie is not ready to turn this painting over. So now we're at Bed Bath & Beyond. And Bed Bath & Beyond, by the way, I got to say... Going there for do, doing like your wedding registry, Joni and I did this, you know, 15 years, 15 plus years ago. What a good time that was, man. I'll always remember doing our wedding, even at like Target. And I think we went to Kohl's, but what a fun time. I mean, like where you're literally just like, why not? You're scanning everything because it's like, yeah. So there were some things I remember scanning that I actually got like at the time, like an MP3 portable stereo you know and it was like no one's gonna buy that but i mean i'm gonna scan it anyway <clears throat> and sure enough i got it so that was pretty awesome but they're doing a little bit of shopping and then they finally come across the as seen on tv section and they start loading up the cart with all this unnecessary crap back to them in a minute uh over to ben's new house <laughs> i say it now and i'm just like kind of turning it from april and andy and ben to just ben's house because he does live there now Leslie's frantically knocking at the door, and then she's very surprised when Ben answers. She did not know that he was living with them, so she's just like, what are you doing here, you know? And he tells her that he lives with her. And I love that she makes this, she's just like, really? The smile she makes is, it's awesome. It's a great character choice, I thought, for, for I don't know if she did it on purpose, but to me it seems like she's happy because that's just another sign that it's like he's getting closer like with her group. You know, like her work associates, and it's like he's not slipping away. You know, I mean, he is staying in Pawnee, but I do love that it's like, I think she's happy, like, oh, awesome. Like, or he'll be more accessible, you know? So she tells him about the hearing and asks if she can store the painting there. Uh, she puts it against the wall, but it's like she puts the painting, like the, the painting side in. So it's leaning against the wall, and then she tells him what it is. She's like, yeah, it's a painting that Jerry made. It's me of, uh, it's a very realistic picture of me as a topless centaur. So this is already like checking off boxes for Ben, because one, we know he's like super into fantasy lore and whatnot, and like centaurs, of course. And then also he's like, he would love to see Leslie topless, obviously. He's like got the hots for her. He's got a huge crush on her. Just then, Leslie gets a call from a very angry Chris Traeger saying she needs to return the painting now. You can actually hear him, like, through the phone, just like, Leslie, nope, you need to return that painting. Just, like, being very stern with her, like, you th you imagine, like, like a teacher, like, yelling at the student. But 
So then Ben, he's just wonderful in this scene. He's, like, great in this whole episode, actually. He's, like, trying to act cool, like, because Leslie's like, oh, you can look at it if you want. But he's like, oh, no, you yeah, know, whatever. And so he goes over and he, like, makes it look like he's checking, like, uh, like a paint chip or something on the wall. And then kind of pulls the painting back and looks at it. And he's like, <gasps> like, the way he reacts is just like, oh, my God. And then he just, like, puts his hand in his pocket and kind of walks around a little more. So, um, yeah, Leslie's still talking to Chris a little bit. And uh, you see, finally, he he goes over. Now, I say finally, like, it's been a long time. It's just, like, the next clip they show of him. He just, like, actually pushes it back and looks at it for, like, a good, like, five seconds or so. So you can tell he's just, like, woo! <laughs> like, because, I mean, it looks exactly like Leslie. So it's a pretty hot picture. Uh, uh, she is defeated, though, after she gets off the phone with Chris. And she tells him that she'll bring the painting back tomorrow. Back to Bed Bath & Beyond, April and Andy are ready to check out with their cart, full of all this, like, yeah, the garbage, all the stuff that they brought from the, the as-seen-on-TV thing. Do you guys remember the as-seen-on-TV store? Or, or just things that were as-seen-on-TV? They might still... Actually, yeah, of course, I know they still have them, but nothing, I feel like, is only... Either way, but like the as seen on TV, they had them in malls. Speaking of malls, and it was awesome. That's where you could find like the duct tape wallets and stuff, like all the cool gadgets that you're just like, oh, I need one of those. But it was like a time before it was so easy to just order things with your credit card. You know, you had to like call the number and then like give them all your information and write a check or send money or whatever. Oh, what a crazy world we live in. But, um, you know, so, like, Andy just kind of, he's like, we can't do this. You know, like, we're, we're, like, Ben gave us all this money, and, I mean, if we come back with this stuff, I mean, like, I think he's also just, like, not only are we not doing what he said, but, like, we just look like assholes. So, April's, you know, she's being, like, mm, but it's more just, she doesn't want to grow up. And you see this in season seven, X, and I just watched this episode because it was on, like, Comedy Central or whatever. I think it's the pilot, not the pilot, uh, the the season premiere for for uh, season seven. Wow. Uh, when Andy and April all of a sudden freak out and they're like, oh my God, we're turning into adults because they have like a crock pot going and Andy's talking about how he needs to take like his Tums or whatever. But yeah, so it's like, it's it's a good character moment though for, for April, I think more so because Andy... Andy's lived a lot tougher of a life than she has. You know, he's lived in a pit. He's been homeless many times. April's had parents. Not saying that Andy's has, like, a bad home life. We have no idea what his home life was like. But he's just been on his own for a long time. Maybe his family doesn't live anywhere close. But April's always had the support of her family. So she's been able to be babied her whole life. And we saw that, like, in the episode 94 meetings when... Ron fired her and she's like, or when Ron just yelled at her and she's like, I quit. You know, it was like that easy for her to just be like, screw you, dickhead. You don't, no one yelled at me. So, uh, yeah, I just thought it was a good moment. And he's like, come on. He's like, we have to do this. Like, I want to do all this stuff too. Um, he does assure her though that they will keep one thing and it's the, the marshmallow shooter. So they put the stuff back and they buy all the stuff on the actual list. So they get home and they see Leslie and Ben talking about the painting. And I, among... A great episode I've already of scenes that I've talked about. This is my 
in my opinion, the funniest part in the episode. So I told you before, when Leslie came in, she put the painting against the wall. So facing out is the backside of the painting. You can even see where, like, the canvas is stapled to, like, the wood frame. Uh, Leslie, you know, he comes in and Leslie's just like, oh, hey, you know, like, I was trying to hide this painting and Andy looks at it and he's just like, oh, I like it. Very simple. And she's like, oh, that's the back of it. He's like, oh, okay. But it's so funny because also, like, it looks exactly like what Oren's painting was, which was just a blank canvas. So I, I could see Andy going to the art expo and just being like, Oren, that's a great picture. But it is so funny that she's just like, oh, this painting. And he's like, oh, I like it. Very simple. And it's backwards words oh my god so uh andy and april they actually leslie tells them what the put the picture is so they go around and they're both just like oh my god and april's hilarious she's just like is that you as a topless horse and uh she's like yeah you know jerry painted it and they're both just like like andy's like hey i'm sorry to be inappropriate but i would totally hit that and april's like i would too so it's 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 awesome um but then leslie's like okay thanks everyone she's like i gotta go and she leaves with the painting so this, this scene makes no sense to me. Like, it's a hilarious scene, and it was a way for, like, Ben to see her topless and also April and Andy, like, some good jokes with this. But when she came here, she was like, I was looking for somewhere to store this painting to hide it. Did she just mean for, like, an hour? Maybe? I don't know. She why, She's like, I gotta go. And she, like, picks up the painting and leaves with it. Like, why is she... It's not like April and Andy and Ben were like, you can't store it here. Hell no. You know, it's like, so why did she bring it there? Because again, she didn't know Ben lived there. I could see Leslie doing this as a way, like if she knew Ben was going to be there, it's like, oh yeah, there's this picture of me. I mean, like you don't have to look at it, but I am topless. So it's just kind of weird to me that she left with the painting that she brought there there to, um, to hide, you know? So uh, the next morning when Leslie tells Jerry that she's turning the painting in, Jerry seems a little bit sad. Um, obviously, it's his painting, but he says turning it into Chris is something that he would do, uh, not Leslie. But then Leslie has an idea, and she pulls Jerry aside with her. We go over to the shoe shine stand. Ben and Andy kind of shoot the shit for a little bit, and Andy asks him about his relationship with Leslie. So Ben's like, no, there's there's nothing going on. You can't deny it. Uh, ben won't let it, or uh, sorry, Andy won't even let it go. And then this is actually like, I think where the scene got dumb for a, for a second where uh, where I was going to say Chris Pratt, where Andy is just like, I know what's going on with you and Leslie. And he's like, she stole money from you, didn't she? And he's like, I can tell that's why it's awkward. And Ben's just like, no, we, we like each other. So again, Andy is known for making like really dumb comments. But that part, I thought like it just it wasn't funny him like she stole money from you. It's like, give him credit. And they do this again. Again, speaking of, uh, no, it's not season seven. It's season six. When Leslie finds out that she's pregnant, like, or before uh, she knows it's going to be triples and everything. But Andy's like, Leslie, I, I know I'm not the best person to talk to, but as your family is getting bigger and he does like the motion, like he's like, he's feeling a pregnant belly and he's like, you know, uh, it's okay how you're feeling. And sometimes you might need to talk about that. And she's like, oh my God, Andy, I can't believe you knew I was pregnant. And he's like, you're pregnant? And he's like, I was talking about like petting a dog. Like he meant like there was a dog in her lap. And instead of petting a pregnant belly, he was petting a dog. So that one was a lot funnier than this though. Maybe because this one was so outlandish, but that one like made more sense. But it's still like ludicrous, but it was just so funny that whoever wrote that compared like yeah petting a, a pregnant not petting I hate to say that I'm sorry a pregnant belly but like feeling it 
Um, versus, yeah, like having a dog in your lap and you petting that. Uh, so it was actually very funny. But back to what I was saying, yeah, Ben's like, no, I, we like each other. And Andy's like, oh, okay, duh. You know? <laughs> and uh, he says, though, that Chris's rule is what's keeping them apart. And Andy basically tells Ben, and now he finally gives him some good advice. He's just like, dude, like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So he's just like, you know, like, look at me in April. And I love that he says to Ben, too, he's like, look at me in April. If you guys are anything like us. He'll be married in three weeks. <laughs> ben just like the hell, kind of shaking his head like, I can't believe I'm friends with these people. Uh, so next we see Leslie with Marsha Langman. But when she uncovers the painting, because she's got, um, you know, this is when they were going to like finally just, okay, there it is. We're going to burn it. Leslie was like presenting it to her. It is now Tom who is uh, like the beautiful centaur. I mean, he's like chiseled. He looks like super great. Tom's super excited to see this. Marsha, actually, the way she reacts when they took a, take this the cover off is almost like she's like, oh, like it like took her breath away, almost like she was like seeing a topless man. She was like, oh my God. And this is like, this was actually kind of a dumb, like kind of, it seemed like a very rushed conclusion to this episode for me because Leslie's like, well, now that it's a man, you know, clearly this this couldn't be there. You, you can't find anything wrong with it. And she's just kind of like she just kind of like gives like a shake, like her head shakes her head almost like, OK, yeah, yeah, we're fine. And then just walks off and it's like, that's that. So it just I'm, I mean, like, clearly, like, I, I it's not like I was like this painting needed to be to de- needed to be destroyed. But it's like, come up with something better than that. And also the fact that it's like Jerry, re- you find out actually because Leslie's like, oh, I had Jerry paint over the old one. So first of all, one thing that's fishy is that the cherub, like the thing of Tom, is not in the corner. So when Marsha's like, okay, whatever, and she walks away, like it's fine. Which, of course, like they, they have to say it's like Marsha's so head over heels over a naked woman. But then when it turns into a, a topless man, you know, and it's just like, oh, okay, everything's fine, whatever. Even though, like before, she was she was complaining that it's like, how did the 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 horse and the human become like? What did the horse put his? You know, like so basically talking about how how the fuck did this thing? How is it a horse man created? How else would it be created than them like you know breeding? So, but again, she's fine with it now that it's a man instead of a woman. So, uh, but like I was saying. They, Leslie, it's like, she's like, talks about how she's like, oh, I'm also a king of trickery or whatever. So before when she had an idea and she pulled Jerry aside, we thought that her idea was she, yeah, he repainted this. No, he repainted an entire new canvas so that Leslie could keep the other one. So it looks wonderful, but like he, you're telling me, and it's the same size. It's a huge one. He did this in like 30 minutes, I'm guessing, based on like the urgency of when Leslie's like, come on, we got to hurry. You know, like, so I call bullshit there. It's a it's a fun ending. Like what happened again? It seemed rushed, um, but I don't know. I, I just I don't buy that Jerry would have been able to, to paint this like that. So anyway, uh, we're in Chris's office. He tells uh, Leslie how happy he is that this is resolved. He then asks Ben how his date went and uh, with the one with Cindy Miller. And he says, uh, well, Ben's just like, well, it wasn't great. Chris says uh, something funny, though, because he's like, Ben, I-, I can't believe it didn't go well. You love tall brunettes. And of course, it's funny because Leslie is standing again right next to them. And she is I- I- sorry to say short, but as opposed to a tall brunette. Yes, yeah, she's like a short blonde. And it's just again, Chris has no idea that these two like each other. So he doesn't know that he's like just kind of twisting the dagger with Leslie, but Leslie is still laughing about it too, knowing that it's like, all right, 
nothing's going to come of this. Ben said the date sucked and it was just awesome. So that uh, it cuts over and it shows the rest of the group commenting on uh, the painting. Nice job, Jerry. You look like Enrique Iglesias. Just wish I had more time. Why? This is amazing. It looks like me and I look awesome. Is your penis between the front arms or the back legs? Yeah, where's your penis? Damn it, Jerry. So then we just have the tag of the episode. We have a funny conversation between Leslie and Gail. Uh, Gail is Jerry's wife. We have not met her yet. She's played by Christy Brinkley. I've mentioned that, but it, it's just such a fun, uh, what, what that reveal is amazing. But uh, Leslie is like assuring Gail that nothing is going on between her and Jerry. Like they're not having an affair. And she's like, no, 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 I promise you, Jerry, that, like this wasn't, he did not photograph me or this wasn't an, like a nude painting. Like he didn't actually do that. So it's just hilarious. And again, the fact that we haven't met Gail yet is just, it's even funnier because at this point it's like, you're just picturing Jerry's wife. You know, Jerry's a 60 year old man. Like, you would just think, like, yes, an older woman. Like, you know, someone he's probably been with for, for however many years. And I think he's mentioned that, though, that he's been with her for, like, 30 years. So it's even funnier when you see that gal is just stunningly uh, beautiful. But then uh, even <laughs> uh, Leslie's just like, oh, okay, great, great, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, sure, hold on. And then Tom, it cuts over. There's, like, a smash cut. It's funnier. And then Tom's just like, no, seriously, Gail, like, nothing is going on. And so it's the same thing. And he's like, no, I promise you, uh, Jerry is straight. And, yeah, no, no, I did not pose for this painting. And he's like, um, Jerry only has eyes for you, Gail, I promise. And pound kick. Am I right? And you know when he starts laughing and Jerry's just like, eh, fuck you, dude. Like, so, uh, that's the episode. Uh, on IMDb, this is sitting at an 8.6. I think that is uh, pretty well-deserved. Like I said, I thought the ending was rushed. But this episode had a lot of great um, quotes. Um, like, speaking of, uh, like, my thoughts on the episode, like, what I liked about this. There's the clips, and then there's even the one... I, I genuinely love that line with Tom where he's just like, how hot is the roommate? You know, and I just didn't want to play that clip because the three of them were like really close to each other or, or three of them would have been really close to each other. Uh, the, the introduction of Brandy Max. Again, she's one of my favorite characters. Also, I've talked a little bit with Mara Marini. Again, I don't want to make this sound like we've chatted, but I mean, like she actually likes and will respond to things that I post on Instagram. Like if I tag her, like if it's a post about Brandy Max and she's been also, she's like really awesome. Like she will share some of my posts. So, uh, she will never hear this, but if she ever does, thank you, uh, Mara, you're awesome. Uh, the whole interview with Purd, uh, like just Purd being in the episode. And then again, uh, yeah, when he, when he introduces Brandy, you have to watch the scene because he's just interviewing Leslie. And then he's like, also here is, and Leslie turns to her side and she's just kind of like, what the fuck? Like, where'd you come from? Uh, so that's great. Uh, Ben is amazing in this episode. I think him finally admitting, like him actually saying the words to Andy, like, no, we like each other. I think that's the first time he's actually admitted that, like, out loud. So, um, yeah, I just thought he was really good in this episode. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, him, him starting his, uh, journey with, uh, April and Andy, it's not a super long one, but, uh, they, he does live with them for, uh, for a few episodes. So good stuff. So I do have one email. It is from Celia Hafner. Celia, um, I talk with her. Uh, we go back and forth sometimes on Instagram through messages talking about the show and stuff. So thank you for sending an email. Uh, this email is about the episode. We just talked about Jerry's painting. She says, hi, Brian. Hope you're having a great day. 
I just have to say that this episode holds a special place in my heart. It was the first episode of Parks and Rec that I ever saw. It was a free episode I could watch during a flight, and I knew absolutely nothing about the show. Even without knowing the backstory of April and Andy, or, or who Ben was, or even who Leslie was, I was immediately in love. This episode is what got me into my favorite TV show, and it will always be special to me. Rewatching the episode as a seasoned viewer, I think I prefer the B story with April, Andy, and Ben over the painting storyline. I think I've maybe heard something on this podcast before about how much Tom sucks. Yes, you have. Uh, but Tom sucks in this episode. Uh, yeah, he is very whiny. But like, to, uh, And then she just says, thank you for the great entertaining episodes. Celia, thank you so much for uh, emailing. I really appreciate it. Uh, the 100th episode is coming up for the, for Citizens of Pawnee. I have nothing planned, guys. I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I mean, like, maybe it doesn't have to be a big deal. But if you guys want it to be, like, kind of about you, the, the audience, I mean, like, I'd be totally fine with that. So if you guys want to, for the 100th episode, if you want to send any, like, you're kind of like this, how, you know, Celia's sharing why she loves this show. I mean, like, I would love to hear from you guys, like, what got you into the show or... Again, just like any story you have as to why you love this show or why you listen to this podcast. I mean, like, and uh, mom, if you're listening to this episode, you don't have to write in. <laughs> I appreciate it. You don't have to say, well, I'm only listening because you're my son. The content sucks. But anyway, um, so yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun for the 100th episode, you know, like if it was, uh, you know, listener emails and stuff or, you know, whatever you guys want to do. That'd be cool. Just a thought. But what you were uh, talking about, like, yeah, the, these characters are amazing, obviously, and I don't know when you start, you didn't mention when you actually saw this episode. So maybe by this point you knew who like Chris Pratt was. I don't know if you're a fan of him or like me. I mean, I, you know, I got into the show, not right when it started, but I was into the show before Guardians of the Galaxy started. So it's like I was able to see those two versions of Andy, at least, you know, like the bigger version, you know, like heavier. And then the toned down, like really, uh, you know, oh, I stopped drinking beer so it's it's interesting to see that you were like you really like these characters immediately. I do think it helps when you're seeing actors that you you know and you like. Um, yeah, the B story with April, Andy, and Ben. Like I said, Ben was probably my favorite part about this episode. I think even though Andy had the funniest line, I thought, which was again <laughs> seeing the painting backwards and thinking that was how uh, it was supposed to look, but. Yeah, that that B story with those three is just great, and you're gonna see some uh, some really funny stuff moving forward with them, uh, the three of them as roommates. And then uh, yeah, Tom, I don't like he he is annoying in this episode, but he's got some great lines as well. Like, I thought the part with him talking to Gail at the end was funny, and then him uh, again for like the third time, the how hot is the roommate? I just, it's it's such a good one of my favorite Tom lines. So he is annoying, but as far as I'm concerned. Um, this wasn't one of his, uh, bad episodes, so, but thank you so much for the email. Again, I really appreciate it. That is going to wrap up this episode. If you'd like to contact the show, citizensapawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at Podcast and at Parks Rec Memes. Next week, I'm going to be covering season three, episode 12, Eagleton. Thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name's Brian, and I'll see you next week. Old Gus ran the shoeshine stand before Andy.